Can a Christian be depressed? Why? How does that happen? This is Close to Home, and my name is Isela Muskis. Today's episode is a follow-up to Haggai. I wanted to make some things clear that I felt needed clearing up. So stay tuned and be blessed. Behold, I set before you today a blessing and a curse. Deuteronomy 11.26 This is a follow-up to Haggai. I felt that there were things that needed to be addressed so that there is no misunderstanding on the character of God. God forbid I, even if by accident, represent him in a bad light because of my distorted thinking due to depression. I'm sure one would ask, can a believer um, of, of God be depressed? Can a Christian suffer from depression? Uh, well, perhaps that could be answered in another follow-up more thoroughly. Though for now, I could leave you with an example or two of very faithful people in the Bible who suffered from depression or other mental health disorders. I've heard say, for example, that King Saul probably suffered from bipolar disorder. And then there's Elijah, who, after having scored such a huge victory on the side of God by killing all of Jezebel's false prophets in Israel, suddenly experiences a huge drop. A low so low that he runs away into the desert to hide from Jezebel's wrath and threat of death. Ah uh, yes, that's it exactly. I can relate to Elijah so much because I have experienced this thing so many times. I win a huge victory for God in the battle between good and evil, truth and error, only to drop into a deep depression right after, sometimes even on the same day or the next day. Uh, no, I'm not killing false prophets or calling for God to consume my offering before an unbelieving people. But there are victories still to this day that can get the attention of the enemy. Whether that is by having given a Bible study to an individual who has had their eyes open to truth and accepts Christ, or teaching a youth class, um, or maybe it's even by doing the right thing, like apologizing to someone. These are all victories for God. And let me explain how it works. Because God says in his word that we are either against him or for him. So that means that there are only two sides and no middle ground. There's no gray area. So imagine these two sides divided by a line like tape on the floor. Perhaps one side is black and the other white. For the obedient believer, they're on God's side. And because God is light and transparent, we'll say they're on the white side of that line. And of course, the unbeliever the willfully disobedient, those who reject God openly, they are against God and they are on the black side of that line. Black because, because it's darkness. But what about those who claim to be agnostic or who don't believe in either God or the devil? Can they be on a white side or are they against God? Uh, well, by default, if you're not openly or willingly for God, then you're against him because remember, there is no middle ground. So as you can see, when someone who is unsure what they believe is suddenly made aware of truth and accepts it, they switch over 
from one side to the other side. Whether it's one or a hundred or a thousand, we can score big or small for Jesus. And that makes Satan angry. And for me, just like for Elijah, whenever I score big, maybe taught some eye-opening truth, I feel the natural Holy Spirit high afterwards because it's a privilege to work for Christ, to be a co-worker with Christ, the Holy Spirit, and the angels. Nothing beats that. But then something small triggers a low in me right after a big win for Christ, and I cave in and I isolate myself from others and from God, just like Elijah. So I get Elijah. So as you can see, we are either for God or against God, and a victory for Christ is winning one over to his side. But can one from his side venture into the other side? Yes. That is why the battle, as Paul says, is daily. And when we cross over to the dark side, that is where the blessings and curses come into play. Just before the nation of Israel crossed over to the promised land, and for the believer that is symbolic of heaven, God said the following to them. In Deuteronomy 11, 26-28, it says, Behold, I set before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and the curse if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside from the way which I command you today, to go after other gods which you have not known. According to Leviticus 26, the blessings included God sending rain, leading to the land yielding fruit, and that there would be peace in the land, and God would rid of it um, of beasts and enemies. He would also take away any disease or sickness and prolong their days. But most importantly, God would set his tabernacle with his people, and they would be his people, and he would be their God. And the curses were just about the opposite of all of this, where the land would now be desolate as they would be taken into captivity. Seeds would be sown in vain, beasts would be sent among them, they would be defeated by their enemies, and the land would be full of disease. And of course, the sanctuary would also be desolate. Is it God actually sending these curses, though, or is it that his protection is removed, leaving one vulnerable to beasts and enemies? And does God remove his protection, or do we leave his protection? I like to answer this with an illustration. Imagine an invisible bubble of protection. That bubble of protection is God. And you can stay within the boundaries, inside the bubble, by keeping the law of God. But if you break that, you walk away from that bubble. You walk outside of it. And now you're exposed to the dangers outside. I said that one of the blessings was rain in the land, which would lead to another blessing of being fruitful in the land. Many theologians agree that rain is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. And when we have this Holy Spirit in our lives, we are fruitful in life, successful. But what happens when we don't have the Holy Spirit for whatever reason? then we aren't successful and we experience sickness and disease. I like to think that depression is one of those diseases because many times, whether we realize it or not, depression is a spiritual thing. And so in, many, so in my previous life lesson, Haggai, I was asking myself if perhaps I was bringing this depression on myself and the answer was yes. Of course, I also believe that 
depression can be hormonal or a chemical imbalance, but sometimes it is purely spiritual, and it would be a good habit for us to practice in looking into what has caused it. Or did we in a way bring it on ourselves by leaving God's side and protection? I mentioned how the devil can put dark thoughts into our mind. Without God in our lives, without his protection, we can go deep into the dark side fast. But like for the children of Israel, there is hope for us too because you see, even though God presented them with two ways, two choices, God in knowing the end from the beginning, knowing that Israel would rebel against him, uh, leave his sides, his side many times, and his mercy provided a forgiveness clause, if you will. But, and it says in Leviticus 26, 40-42, But if they confess their iniquity, are humbled, and they accept their guilt, then will I remember my, co- my covenant, I will remember the land. So, in my case, I recognized my wrong and asked God for help. And those dark thoughts vanished, and I found myself once again under his bubble of love and protection. So you see, when I said that I felt that God was punishing me, and that I concluded that I was perhaps deserving of it, though twisted and distorted by the enemy, it was not entirely unfoundational. The devil will twist it to make it seem like you are too far gone and can't be forgiven, and that indeed you are being punished. But God is good and merciful, and he reminds us that there is always hope, and he's always waiting for us to come back to him. He's always ready to help us, even when we have left his bubble of protection, and I think this was worth mentioning and clarifying. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Closer to Home. Today's episode is also available as a blog post. If you liked Blessings and Curses, be sure to check it out at muskisisela.wordpress.com. Have a blessed day.